Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Trust in Messiah. Hello, and welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas, and who, sir, are you? I'm the producer, Matt Duncan. Freddie, how are you doing in this snow-packed world we live in these days? I'm doing pretty good. Shout out Snowmacron. Snowmacron. You are uh, triple boosted. I hope you're feeling okay. Yeah, as per tradition now, we we, uh, record a podcast a a mere few hours after I get a booster shot. (laughs) So, Great yeah. tradition. Yeah, I mean, it's better to do it now than tomorrow, based on yeah. you know what can happen. But you know, uh, knock on wood, hopefully I can go three for three with uh, not having really any issues. So, yeah, I hope so too. Yeah, and um, if you're just turning into this, uh, tuning into this podcast for the first time, mm-hmm. or you're back, uh, thank you. We're a Raptors slash NBA pod. We're hardcore fans, and we have analysts and comedians and. You know, anyone that's a hardcore Raptors fan is welcome on the pod. Hardcore basketball fan as well. So thank you for joining us. Uh, if you want to, you know, help us or share the good word or, you know, support your local podcasters. Uh, Matt's going to tell you how to do that. Maddie, how can people help us out? We've got a website. It's called dunkspodcast.com. Uh, we do have the episodes posted there. You can listen. You can listen on our players if you want to be old school like that. If you're someone that is a, a browser happy on your computer, then you can, go, go. you can go to our website. But we also have all our links for our podcatchers there. We also have the link for our podcast network, which is called the Sonar Network. You can listen to the episodes there as well as, you know, I I do encourage you in the show notes of the episode, if you're listening on a podcatcher or whatnot, click on the guest's name and you'll be able to see other episodes they've done for us and also their social media stuff that you can follow, which is really cool. It's all kind of compacted together on their own webpage. So that's something that the Sonar Network does for us and for you. And, you know... Yes, we just got a huge dump. Yes, we had to take the snowblower outside and do two different goes at it because it wow. was so damn high. But, you know, we got it done, uh, a combined effort with my wife. And it just, the whole time I was thinking, like, if I wasn't wearing this Confederacy of Dunks toque right now, all everything would be falling off. Everything totally. would be falling off. You got snow blown in your face. Poof. You need You need to be covered. You need to keep that heat under the hood. So mm-hmm. get in contact with us. You can tweet us. You can send us uh, confederacydunks at gmail.com if you want one of our two, because Freddie's got them ziplocked. Like, these things you could take to space. I'm telling you, they, they are fantastic. And the last thing I'll say is we do have a Patreon. If you can support us for as low as 4 bucks a month, you can get some extra content. You can get early releases. You can get episodes without any ads, which is great. But if you can only chip in a couple of, you know, a toonie a month, that's fine too. We're cool with that. So anyway, that is all I have to say. The snow is here and I'm going to blow it. 
Matt loves blowing snow, and he wouldn't do it without an anti-itch toque. Um, you heard it from him first. Our toques are uh, okay to take to space. Um, so if you know a billionaire that's going for a space ride, you bring one of our toques, um, and you tell them that you're going to wear that and not a helmet. Yeah. Um, Maddie, uh, you're the best. You're a pro. Thank you so much. I, I hope you're, you know, having the best time of your life out there in the snow. Oh yes. Just, just blow in <laughs> snow. Uh, this is a really, really fun pod. We have Samson folk from Raptors Republic. Uh, we have uh, Catherine Niker also now from Raptors Republic. Yeah. They are both uh, amazing in their own right, but also, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool to have some uh, double RR. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we talk uh, we talk Raptors rotation. We talk the value of Chris Boucher as a Raptor versus a trade asset. Mm-hmm. We uh, we we mess around with some exciting plays. Uh, uh, you know, in in the spirit of uh, what just happened with uh, Russell Westbrook and his big dunk, uh, we do our own kind of uh, broadcaster impressions. It's really fun. And uh, we also talk about our favorite league pass team, which, uh, you know, you mm-hmm. might be familiar uh, with that concept with uh, with me and Maddie doing our league pass thing. Uh, I still got to do my homework and uh, make sure I watch a Pelicans That's game. Right. Yeah. Maddie, you with uh, with a the G Warriors, State game. Yeah. Uh, so we'll make sure to record that for our Patreon crew. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think um, I think we're basically good to go to get rolling yeah, yeah, on this yeah. pod. And uh, let me just say, as I usually do, uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, defund the police, stop Asian hate, and email your city councilors, email your MPPs. You're a constituent, and uh, be noisy about it, and make sure your uh, your opinions and uh, your political takes are heard. Yeah, you uh, might be a tiny shovel, but you make a lot of noise with it. Yeah, exactly. You can do a lot with a little <laughs> shovel. We've seen that recently. <laughs> Uh, you can make some big noise. You can call CP24 while <laughs> driving. Um, or or you can implement changes on a broader scale. It's up to you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, let's get going on this pod. Uh, it's a really, really fun one. And, again, everyone who's been listening and supporting, thank you so much. We really, really do appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, cool. Yeah, let's uh, let's get going on this Raptors pod. Maddie, if you feel like we're good to go, please just give me those words I crave so much. Okay. Okay. Okay, let's get this pod rolling. It's uh, episode 230. I'm really excited. We got two wonderful guests uh, returning um, because she's always going to return. She's been on the pod so many times. She's an incredible writer, an amazing stand-up. A lover of Nick Nurse, perhaps the OG lover of Nick Nurse. Uh, She's just incredible. Uh, A podcasting partner of mine as well. We do uh, the WNBA, the pickup podcast together. And um, yeah, she's just awesome. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Catherine Niker. Wow. Hello, hello. That was, hello. We really, we really zoned into that one. We together. felt it. Yeah, we were really in sync there. I, and I, I, I do think I am the OG lover of Nick Nurse. I'm really claiming that. I don't should. know if I have a tweet to prove it. Maybe appearances on this podcast prove it. Yeah, there will be. A but it solid, goes back. It goes way back. 
there's a solid 30 to 50 people who are like, I listened to that first episode when Catherine was way too into Nick uh, <laughs> four years ago. But um, yeah, you you deserve to claim that you're you supported him before well well before Fisherman's Friends. You know what I mean? Well before or well McDonald's. Before. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I forgot about that weird McDonald's commercial where everyone looks tired. Um, well, I mean, it's like perfect casting because he does look like a McDonald's manager. You know what I mean? Like he yes. really, he wore that look well. I've worked at McDonald's, and if uh, if Nick Nurse ever said "time to lean, time to clean," it would fit. <laughs> It would totally fit. I didn't know you worked at McDonald's. It was my Damn. first official job. Yeah. Was, wow. was, uh, you had the gold card? I I never got a gold card. Oh, um, damn. But I did eat 25 nuggets <laughs> in a half hour. So <laughs> catch me later. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. I've embarrassed myself already. Um, maybe uh, at some point I'll get my McDonald's name thing and I'll bust it out for the pod. It, uh, I was so funny that I called myself Fred Dog. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, yeah. Uh, let's bring on guest number two. Um, he's an incredible uh, basketball writer, personality. I think he's actually really good at ball himself. Um, you know, uh, has been in Mexico for a while. I think he's in Saskatchewan now. Uh, we were just talking about a, an incredible Scotty Barnes piece that he wrote. It's it's easily the most. I was going to say probably it's easily the most thorough and comprehensive, and just you know exceptional article and, and and writing i've i've read so far about scotty uh i always listen to his raptors reaction pods he's just a, a great basketball personality he's really good at translating x and o's into you know basketball stuff that that people understand and enjoy and are entertained by and uh yeah i give it up as loud as you can even if you're at home alone for samson folk Yeah, for sure. Yep. How's it going, guys? Good. Uh, thanks for joining, Samson. Appreciate it. That was that was a hell of an intro. You said I was good at ball. That's all I ever need to hear, quite frankly. Because you know what? <laughs> Not enough writers have that met. You know what I mean? Because they're talking about players all the time, and it's like, mm-hmm. are you good at ball? How much basketball have you played? Why are you questioning this this set action here? That kind of thing. So I really appreciate you uh, you giving me the credit for that. Even we don't know if it's deserved or not. You know, it's just it's I, hypotheticals yeah. now. I feel like I, I got a decent read. Like I feel like you've you've broken some ankles. I don't know if you've ever done like a elevator doors on somebody, but I feel like you know <laughs> you can shake and bake, shake and bake, baby. Yeah, you can at least high <laughs> kick. You know. By the way, Catherine, you wrote for Mr. D. I did. I loved that show. Oh, that's awesome. That show. Yeah. So that's I didn't even know that until I think I found out like a couple weeks ago. And I was immediately like that kicks so much ass. I love that. So, yeah, thanks for uh, contributing to something that I really enjoyed. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Also, um, Freddie has a a Mr. D uh, connection. He was working with him on Family Feud. I did. I was, uh, Canada, baby. I was the uh, audience warm up for for Jerry D uh, for Family Feud. It was really fun. Jerry's awesome. H- hardcore sports fan, by the way. Were you were you there for the Canadian Heritage moment where that girl was talking about chicken? 
or whatever. I, that, so that was season one, and I only came on season three. Oh, uh, okay, I got but you. But I did get to meet Perdita Felician and Kem Birch's mom. Wow, uh, <laughs> there which, you, you know, those are some of my highlights. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get uh, start talking Raptors ball. Um, and also, you know, just quick shout out to Catherine. I probably don't uh, pump her up enough, but she's still writing for for cool stuff. So, son of a critch is out. She's writing for that. So make sure you watch that, everybody. But um, support Canadian television yeah, so I right? can keep having uh, a life. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need to eat, you know. Um, all right, Maddie, uh, why don't you give me your most delicious, weird, non Aaron Baines Raptors sting? Oh, I messed up the timing. It's okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Um, Catherine, let's go to you first. Uh, obviously, yes, you love Nick Nurse, but you, you're you're down to criticize him uh, just as much as you're you're down to compliment him. And I don't even know if I'm, I want to like, you know, lob this as a critique style question, but I've talked a lot about on, on this pod just kind of the the nuance of of trust in players, and uh, I remember having a lot of feelings during the Boston series, and, and I felt like it took Nurse a bit too long to trust Norm. I, I wanted him to trust Boucher in that series, and um, you know, with Tampa all, all, all the way, you know, this journey to where we're at now, where I think it's pretty clear the Raptors have a very strong, uh, you know, one through five starters or guys who play the majority of the minutes. And you got some other guys like Kem and Precious and, and Boucher or who are contributors, obviously Gary and, um, and Birch were out for the Miami game is a really tight game. Larry was also out perhaps at a Philadelphia Eagles game. We don't know for sure. Oh, conspiracy. Yeah. There are some photos, but um, yeah. (laughs) There's photos. You're like breaking news for me right now. Uh, hey, hey, listen, I don't want to, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to mess up my own question too much, but someone did take a picture of him and I think his son leaving the Eagles game the day before the the personal reasons. But um, wait, wait, Samson's shaking his head yes, too. I th- he must have got, seen got. It. He got got. Yeah, he right? got got. So, somebody I mean, Alvin Williams was making it sound like something happened to his family I thought on the broadcast. It seems serious. He was like, some Alvin's, things are bigger yeah. than basketball. Football, I guess, the is Eagles. bigger than basketball. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, oh, my God. That works. Some things are bigger than basketball. Namely, football. American football and international <laughs> soccer. Cheers. Go Birds. <laughs> Go Birds. Um, yeah, well, okay. So That is brutal. <laughs> Okay, I'm well, sorry I, to completely derail your question, but it's no. like, oh my god, that I mean, wow, I'm in shock because I enough. thought I always thought of Kyle as the type of competitor that would really want to show up to a Toronto game. I think he, you know what I mean. I think he is, but he has he has his own exceptions. You know, even as a Raptor, if Villanova was going deep. Or if the Eagles were going deep, he was going to be there. And uh, you know he's, uh, he's he's golfed on an injured elbow, so there's there's been some Kyle stuff in he's the past. Golfed on an injured elbow. <laughs> but listen, this isn't a Kyle slander. No, pod. Kyle is forever 
perfect and it's okay. I mean, at least he didn't game. do that while he was on the Raptors. Then I'd feel di- I would feel differently. Yes. Now it's just kind of funny, but now it's like even more annoying that we lost the game. Hey, fair <laughs> enough. Knowing there's, that he just dipped like that, you know. There's layers, man. There's layers to breakups and. Um, okay, well, let's let, let's just get back. Okay, Catherine, I'll, I'll yeah, let you just if there's, if there's time, can we circle back? Because I really need to process. Yeah. Sure, sure. We'll circle back. Uh, we'll do some internet sleuthing, maybe. If there's, if there's time, if there's time. Um, no, but just okay. So, so the Miami Toronto game was a snapshot, obviously. Um, and I'm not sure why Utah or Svi, uh, you know, didn't figure into the rotation. Champagne was playing, he hurt his finger, but uh. Yeah, you know, just in general, like, do you think, do you think Nick is, you know, sometimes too tight on his rotations? Okay, so I, I hate to do this, but I, I feel like I, I'm going to answer this question with more questions because there are certain players' availability that I'm confused by. Right. Um, like, I don't know where Drogic is, like, in the world. Like, I just don't even know where he is. Um, Scotty Barnes has been, like, you know, like in and out and they're doing this, like, I don't know, like Kawhi resting thing with him that I don't really understand. Um, so I've been finding that confusing. Um, and I think there's something to be said for like, look, this is a rebuilding year and we have to develop the guys that we have. And like Utah should be getting some minutes. And, you know, I don't know about Malachi cause I don't know. He just hasn't been performing to a certain level, but um I get why people are frustrated. And then on the flip side, I look at it and I'm like, I understand holding the bar really high and keeping it there. You know what I mean? And being like, why should I give you minutes in an NBA game if you're not hitting this bar? Or if your plus minus is like really that bad or whatever it happens to be. So I understand him having high standards and I appreciate it, but you know, only having a seven man rotation in a game in January when you could have more um, doesn't feel like it's the most productive long term. So, um, yeah, I have questions as to people's availability and I kind of see it from both sides, but I am concerned that we are running mainly Fred, but also Pascal into the ground a little bit here in mid-January. Okay, so you had a couple points, and I think I'll I'll just swing it over to Samson. But I will say, you're you're, you're touching on a but uh, on on a bunch of reasons, like you know why I, I I'm curious about your guys' takes on this because I feel like in one hand you nailed it with saying Nurse is bringing the bar so high, and he's like, you got to meet this bar if you want to play. It seems like Precious is starting to meet that bar. It seems like Boucher has met that bar. Champagne has met the bar, Utah at different times. So I think I, I get that, right? I get this idea of being like, this is where you need to be if you want to play defense on this squad, if you want to have minutes. Otherwise, you can, you know, prove it in practice. But then also I, I, I start to think about Tibbs and I start to think about uh, D'Antoni and I think about what happens when you don't trust more than seven guys. Is it does have it does have an effect where the guys you do trust eventually you know a long enough string of like high 30s or, or or 40 minute games is gonna break down anyone's body so 
that's my worry, I think, like, um, and uh, from a long-term perspective and then also development, like, is it, is it good to bench guys, uh, you know, in terms of development? And I'm, I'm not saying it, it isn't cause it, it might be, I think everyone's different, but, uh, yeah, well, where are you at on the, on the rotation, Samson? Well, on the one hand, it does make sense because the Raptors are the worst scoring bench in the NBA, the worst shooting bench in the NBA right. statistically. And I think that the defense isn't where they're failing. I think like you look at Yuta Watanabe, he's a phenomenal defender. Like he, he's really, really strong on that end. Champagne, you know, is up and down because he's a rookie, but he's also good. Precious has been a strong defender all year. It's just the offense. And so the thing is they need offense. And they've been going to the bench for some time, even in a short rotation for the regular season, which is like eight guys. And even that wasn't enough. And eventually we're getting to the point now where it's six. They mm-hmm. Champagne played nine minutes last night and everybody else, it was a six-man rotation. Wow. He dislocated his finger. Mm-hmm. Pretty wild. And it's it's something to consider that, you know, there's the, on the one hand you say, is this Nick Nurse saying, Messiah and Bobby build the team I get control of the rotations. I'm saying, get us a guy. These guys are good enough. Bring in the help. And you can see that, like, even Pascal last night in his commentary afterwards said, we're young, we can handle this type of load. Nick Nurse also commenting and saying, you know, like, I felt good about the minutes. I feel good about Mm -hmm. these guys. And so maybe that's them. You you never know the politics of it, really. But it is strange to see a six-man rotation in you know, regular season games, especially going, you know, around six or seven game in and game out. So you wonder if there is some sort of pushback from the uh, the rotation, the guys there, the coaching staff to say, maybe you look at bringing somebody in that helps this team win because these guys want to win and they feel like they can. That could be a possibility. And then, of course, there's just the maybe Nick Nurse is just like, really nasty <laughs> you know what i mean he's you like you're be. gonna run yeah. you're playing 40 and if you can't hit a three and play defense then you're playing zero and uh yeah so it's really interesting i don't think it's sustainable i think that you know the sports science i haven't yeah. looked at the peer-reviewed essays okay i i don't <laughs> you know, I have to tell on myself first of all how dare but you I, I do yeah i know i'm peddling i guess is it miss it wouldn't be disinformation because I'm not doing it purposefully. I'm passing mm-hmm. on, you know, something I thought I heard. So misinformation, neither <laughs> is good. But let's say misinformation. Um, I'm saying that the sports science is almost assured on this thing, that mm-hmm. this is not sustainable and that fatigue, you know, uh, contributes to injuries and stuff like yeah. that. And also, you just see them every night. Like Pascal will be like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. He's already played 36 minutes and he has five yeah. fouls. And he's like, I don't know how to do this, how to play this game this way. I'm trying to figure it out. And then he'll get an offensive foul and that'll be it for the night, something like that. But yeah, I I do wonder if this is some sort of, you know, stiff arm by the coaching staff and players to say, bring somebody in, please. We need help. That's my take on it. But it's not sustainable. It certainly won't work forever, although it is the best thing they can do to win games right now. Mm-hmm. The real um, question is, why didn't they just rest everyone against Detroit? We know we're going to lose anyway. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what is even the point? Well, yeah, and this kind of plays into, <laughs> you know, like nurse's tenure a little bit, because we've also seen unwinnable games where the Raptors kind of like press uh, in the last like minute or so to like squeeze the, the you know, 15 
point margin to like four or three. And it leaves you a little bit, it leaves you wondering a little bit, like, like what's the, you know, and Samson hit on it. Like what's the politics in the dressing room? What points are they trying to make to the players, to the organization, to the fans, uh, to the, their opponents. Right. And I think this is where, you know, we're left as a, as analysts and podcasters and entertainers. So just to kind of mess around with what, what could be, um, I do, I do think there's player pride. Uh, I remember, you know, wasn't a, a particular Kyle quote, but he said things along the lines over the years that like, and sorry, nurse in, in referring to Kyle and Fred, just that like, there's no one that can play the way they play on the team. So a tired version of them is still better than say Malachi. And I think there's definitely truth to that, but yeah, I, I, I kind of come at it from the sports science angle. Again, I'm not a sports scientist, but it's clearly, it's not a sustainable thing. Um, and that that's what leaves me a little bit wor- worried is too strong, but just, um, I don't know, just kind of curious about long-term plan. And um, yeah, let's, let's stick with you, Samson. Cause I, I want to transition this into Boucher. You know, I think Siakam is a guy that, you can kind of track like fairly easily, like people were down on him and he got injured and he got COVID and he was in Tampa and he had to play with Baines and then he hurt his shoulder and he had the first surgery of his life. And now he's playing great again. And I think for the people who believed in Siakam, it's not a surprise in any regard. I mean, I'll put my hand up as someone who never really stopped believing in him. And I, I kind of thought he would come back to this form. And it's nice to see. Boucher, on the other hand, is someone I've really wavered. Sometimes I've, I've been high on him. I've never quite thought of Boucher as like a, like a bona fide starter or anything like that. But I think particularly after the Tampa year, I thought he had kind of, you know, emerged into like a bona fide rotation guy that could play on any team and get minutes and deserve those minutes. Now I'm... I'm wondering as the trade deadline kind of approaches, he's been the guy in my mind who, if, if you want to use some salary and, you know, it would, it would be weird if we were to trade a guy like Birch. Like, I don't even know if that, if we can, cause we just signed him, but yeah, Boucher to me seems like the guy you move at the deadline. If you do want to move someone, but then, you know, he's kind of coming on and he's starting to fill in some of the gaps. Like we saw early in the year, he was taking uh, a bevy of bad shots. He also had a finger injury, by the way, coming into the year. But but yeah, like he, you know, he's he's hustling and he's running the floor and he's kind of helping this Raptors, like everyone above 6'8 thing, like he's helping it exist. And um, yeah, kind of a convoluted question, but do you think Boucher has more value to this team as a rotation player right now and going forward or kind of as a, a, as a potential trade asset to get somebody else back. I think he's more valuable as a rotation player right now. This was an interesting um, thing to talk about last year when around the trade deadline, basically like it looked like Kyle Lowry was had, was shedding tears in the tunnel in what was considered his last game. Everybody knew the Raptors they, they traded Norm. Matt Thomas was gone, as was, you know, a couple other players on the team, that kind of stuff. So you knew 
they were trying to get assets and maybe younger assets, that, that type of thing. And with Chris Boucher, I thought that considering the season he was having, he was a prime candidate to quote unquote sell high. And mm-hmm. this year, I think given the context of the Raptors roster, he's much more valuable on the team than he would be in the trade market. And because obviously he brings significantly more offensive punch than anybody else on the bench. I mean, the Raptors scored 23 bench points last night. Who had all of them? Chris oh, Boucher. Dear. You know, and he did he can, have hundred percent of our bench points? That's yes, he did. That's correct. Oh, right. Yeah. Six <laughs> player rotation. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like Champagne played nine minutes and then he dislocated his finger, but Champagne's not scoring a lot anyway. He's grabbing yeah. orbs, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh so yeah, Chris Boucher and defensively. He fits into, I wrote about this, I co- I coined it. Now, not everybody has to, you know, answer to this name, but the Funk Fest Quartet is Scotty, Pascal, Chris, and Precious. And they win their minutes, that four-man lineup, by a lot. Whether Champagne's on it, whether OG's on it, whether Gary's on it, whatever. They win their minutes because they're weird. They rebound half of their own misses, and they <laughs> block shots, and they get out and run and that kind of stuff. And Chris Boucher is you know, almost a linchpin of the funk on the roster. And I think that he's very important to what they do there. His offensive rebounding numbers seem repeatable, seem like that's something he can continue to replicate. And he had such a tough start to the year that I think his value league-wide is lower than it was last year. And you look at the fact that every time Siakam plays, he's near fouling out every time precious plays he's near fouling out every time chris boucher plays he's near fouling out if you can't turn chris boucher into a better big man which maybe you could maybe that's the trade but if you can't do that then you're leaving your front court so thin that i don't even think it's a viable option and so i think he's he's very valuable to keep and ever since i was i was in working these games in december when i met Catherine actually and uh, I was sitting across from Chris Boucher along with a bunch of other media members, and he had said that he started meditating prior to the game to try and clear his head, to try and make sure that he was playing a little bit different, to make sure that the game was simpler for him. And I, you know, I wrote a piece about this that basically everything that he was good at last year was taken away from him. He was one of the highest volume, highest efficiency pick and roll men. He was hitting threes at thirty eight percent, and then this year he was, you know for a large part of this year, one of the lowest efficiency pick and roll men because he didn't get to play with Kyle anymore. And right. he was shooting like the same percentage from three as Draymond Green instead of Carl Anthony Towns. It's just his ability to help things on the court radically changed and their ability to help him change too. And so he just became like Rodman-esque in hustling for defense and for rebounds on both sides of the court. And he's found a new a new way to impact the game in a positive way. And so I think he's made a great adjustment. And I think that it's really, really valuable on this roster. I know that's kind of a long-winded answer, but yeah, that's how I feel. Uh, So many good points. Um, Just a couple things off my head. One, I love Chris. He's so endearing. And, you know, I I, I didn't... I didn't hear until now the, the meditation thing that makes a lot of sense. Um, And, you know, key points with, with, you know, playing with Kyle, what that can do for you and, and then having Kyle removed and, uh, you know, Fred is incredible. What I think we don't see with Fred yet is that type of like, you know, synergy with bigs uh, that, that Kyle had. And um, yeah, you know, 
the the Rodman stuff's amazing. Like I feel like uh, I was gonna say Siak. Um, I was gonna say Siak, but no, Boucher really has like he's really embraced the challenge that is this year. And I don't know what more you could want from a player. And and you know the other point I just want to touch on um, is is the fouling. And I think that goes back to the first thing in tight rotation and and getting into foul trouble when you don't have an, a lot of guys. And that makes Chris like all the more valuable. So um, yeah, I mean, lots of good points in my head. I've been, you know, I didn't, I'm not a big trade machine guy, but I'm sort of thinking like, if, if you can replace them with a big, you know, do you, do you give the Clippers a call and say like, Hey, how's your year looking? You know, maybe you want to do Boucher for Ibaka or, you know, Boucher for Ibaka or whatever, Boucher and, and Flynn for uh, Morris and Ibaka. I don't even know if that, that works or adds up or if we win that trade, but that's sort of where my head's at. I think like he would have to be um, replaced by a, a better big. Like there's no if ands, or buts about it. Like we're, we would, we're in trouble all, you know, half the time, you know, with bigs. So, so I think we do need to keep that length coming uh yeah Catherine where where are you at on Chris uh and his value as a rotation guy or you know potentially as an asset at the deadline trade Boucher now no I'm kidding I don't I don't feel that way coming in hot (laughs) (laughs) no I mean I I mean look I think the fan base is looking at the Gary Trent Jr. Norm Powell trade and hoping that something similar exists and I think it's harder to find that type of a trade with bigs. Like it's harder to find mm. a, a younger big who's going to be comparable to Boucher, but has uh, a higher ceiling of growth that a team would actually be willing to trade. Like teams hold on to guys like that. So, you know, I'm not sitting here like completely against it, but I just don't know who that would be for also like Samson said, like Boucher struggled earlier in the year. He's really coming on now. Um, mm-hmm. I I think it might be worth riding out the rest of the season with him to see um, his development a bit more this season. I think that might be more worthwhile for us. Um, you know, we all know Masai isn't against trading a fan favorite, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which she absolutely is. I don't, want to see him go um i don't even know i'm not even confident we're making moves at the deadline to be honest not that we don't need them but you know i keep going back to like what masai said at the beginning of the year like he this is a rebuilding year those are his words and he for all we know is treating it that way and because we're such a healthy organization we're gonna overachieve in the regular season like we just are That's, that's who we are and that's what we do so you know, I, I would rather hold on to him to see his growth for the rest of the year. But I mean, if there's someone out there, then then that's great. But I just I don't see a team trading a younger, better big. And I don't see why we would go older at this point in our growth either. Like as much as we all love Ibaka, like I just don't. Also, he's been having a hard time coming back from injuries himself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just don't see us going skewing older at this point in our development either. Um, yeah, lots of good points as well. And I think like, it's key that, that there's a key kind of like thing I I find you have to accept with Masai. One is that he's not afraid to make the risk. 
Two is that he doesn't have like any Brian Colangelo in him. Like he's not about taking risks or shuffling things up just cause I think he <laughs> and, and Bobby and you know, the whole crew is, is really kind of hell bent on analyzing what they have. And when they have a, a like a, a true North or, you know, an answer that makes sense for the direction of the franchise, they'll take it. And I think, you know, going back to Kyle at the deadline, like which Samson brought up, I think Masai, you know, had his eye on Precious. And if he wasn't going to get Precious back, you know, the deal wasn't going to happen. Um, I mean, the one of the rumored guys, Maxi, is uh, is looking pretty good as well. But, you know, I think Masai didn't really want that guy. And um, I think he likes Boucher. And we, we've brought Boucher you know, up from the G league and he's kind of, he's done a lot of the things that the Raptors like. And yeah, it's just, uh, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing to me because where do you go as a franchise if you're not willing to make moves? And the answer is sort of like, well, you have to wait. And I think Masai and Bobby are pretty comfortable being patient. And that's, yeah, that's the agreement with Masai is that he's willing to do something wild uh, and make a big splash, but also he's willing to be patient and evaluate. And uh, sometimes that doesn't sit well with fans. I always put myself in the, you know, believe in Masai camp. Like we've just, we've gotten too many good things. I enjoy the development too much. So I don't have a lot of, uh, you know, I guess skepticism or or doubt in me for, you know, his, his moves. I mean, you know, any move he makes is, is criticized. I remember the Norm Gary, move you know just how criticized that was and um i think you know it's looking pretty good i love norm by the way no disrespect but uh yeah gary's incredible let's uh you know unless you guys have any other you know raptors thoughts you want to throw out there let's uh let's jump to some nba stuff sound good okay uh, I don't know what I, I, I guess I, I, am I expecting someone to be like, no, sir. Um, uh, <laughs> okay. M- Maddie, I know you're back there. Why don't you give me your most uh, delicious, loud Adam Silver boat sounding sting. This is Adam Silver. All right, let's uh, let's stick with you, Catherine. Um, yeah, I just uh, and I want to bring you to uh, Matt. And um, obviously, we're not going to play video alongside this, but I, I'm not sure if all three of you saw the Russell Westbrook on Rudy Gobert dunk from from last night. It was absolutely just nasty and ferocious and fun and just amazing. Um, so I'm hoping that uh, I can task you three with, with giving me a highlight and sort of like a play by play, like, like how you would call the play, uh, if you were in the broadcast chair, uh, obviously it's usually two people going, you know, bantering. So like, just, you know, whatever way you interpret that is okay with me. Just want to get a little bit silly. Yeah. Let's go to you, Catherine first. Tell us the highlight. Oh, man, I was not prepared to answer this question. I thought this question was only for Matt. <laughs> I'm not prepared to tell you how okay. I would talk. You want me to go game. first? 
Okay, I'll let you brainstorm for a second, Catherine. Maybe I'll go to Matt first. Matt seems ready, you know? Um, <laughs> Matt's like, he's been, we had a big snowstorm here in uh, in Ontario. Anyone who listens to this pod, they know Matty loves his snowblower. So this dude's been out there blowing snow. So he's he's ready to go. Uh, Matty, what's up? <laughs> what's a highlight from, you know, I guess this year, it doesn't yeah. have to be. Uh, tell us a highlight. Tell us how you'd call it. Okay, so I was thinking about this, and I feel like this year there have been a lot of like crazy buzzer-beating shots that have won games this year. I've I've just noticed a lot more than I usually do. But like, you know, even even with the ones like the Rosen has done some, and Doncic has done some, but like none of them beat the king of all the buzzer beaters. The, the win. It's just nothing beats that. Okay, like, and especially that was beautiful about that shot in the championship in, against Philly was that it was an ugly drop, an ugly drop. Um, so I'm not going with a buzzer beater one, but th- you know what? I'm going to take it from the game last night against Miami. Scotty had a dunk. Everybody okay. was shook when he just, when he came charging and knocked a drink flying and this woman's drink just exploded, and the the I I can't remember if it was the American feed or, or the Canadian one, but they were going nuts and slowing yeah. it down and showing it. And I would be, what I would say if I was broadcasting, I would say, "Splish splash, Scotty's taking a bath." And then, okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of build up to that, but that was a nice one. Splish splash, Scotty's taking a bath. <laughs> Cheers, Maddie. Yeah, so you came through. Uh, the, and, and I want this kind of dunk to be, become Scotty's thing. I want, you know, when we're playing at home to have whatever hoop we're shooting on is going to be like the splash zone. I want to be giving out ponchos to both sides and you take it off depending on which way the Raptors are going. And uh, Nav, I see you, he's going to lead the charge on this. And uh, like, you got to have big drinks. I want it to be a wet water park splash zone mess. Every time Scotty comes in for one of those like raging bull dunks, um, I want to see. Yeah, and what, don't worry, we got TSN 5G on these games. We're going to see that in 60 frame, <laughs> 120 frame. It's going to be fantastic. So yeah, that's where that's where I am at. This. Thanks for breaking down the frames, Matt. That was big. Um, this is what I'm talking about. This is exactly what I'm talking about. You even threw in that, like, I guess in this scenario, you want fans like holding up big, like overflowing drinks. Yeah. Hopefully they're not over. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's cool too. Um, and you know, you're sitting close. You got a lot of money, right? So um, yeah, drop that $20, $20 beer on the ground. Um, Catherine, I won't, I won't throw to you just yet. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go to Samson, see if I can buy you a bit more time. Um, Samson, do you have a call and, uh, oh, can, yeah. it, can it rival Maddie's? <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. So mine is kind of like an ensemble. It's there's this whole scene. Okay. So Joe Morant has the turnover. Okay. Avery, Bla- Avery Bradley's dribbling up court. And up goes the layup and up goes jaw. And with two hands, yes. he snatches it out of the air. The two handed block. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with, I can't remember the the play-by-play guy's name, the announcer for Charlotte, but the one who went viral because of mm-hmm. Bismack Biombo shot a three and he went, oh my God, which is a really <laughs> funny thing to do to your own player. Yeah. But I'm thinking kind of like, 
is it a bird? Is it a plane? It's John Morant. And then you start playing the Superman theme because there's this one angle they got of it where they zoom in on Morant and Bradley's shooting it. And Morant goes down like he's gathering to jump. And then all of a sudden the shot goes up and Morant comes into frame from behind the other behind Desmond Bain and starts rising, rising, rising like Superman <laughs> snatching a baby out of the air, like saving a life. Only he's trying to stop a basketball from entering. And during that slow motion, you know, you can do the whole Superman thing. That for me is like I, I thought I saw God that day i didn't know yeah. how to explain <laughs> that highlight because and especially the the cinematics of it right he, you're zoomed in and as he rises you're zooming out and it gives this you know this aura of like will he ever stop rising mm-hmm. is he some sort of balloon that's been released to fly wildly in the air and only by chance by circumstance has he ended up in front of this ball much to avery bradley's chagrin right and so that's that's kind of my thing i'm going for i that block it blew my mind when I saw it. And my mind, quite frankly, is still blown. Uh, <laughs> as it should be, um, Samson, Matt, we're two for two here. Uh, absolutely. Superman, John Morant continuing to fly. That's just good stuff. Like, yeah, if, if he, if he like stopped in midair and that like that, I'm so bad with like, with music, but that like, do, 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 you know, that, like that, that meme where the person just twirls into the galaxy. Oh yeah. Oh, jaw for sure. Could have done that in that moment. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of the most jaw dropping plays I've ever seen. Like, uh, you know, I'm in a basketball thread and someone asked like, has anyone ever seen someone jump higher? And the only thing I could think of that even was really comparable was a deep cut for Raptors fans. There was once a Jamario Moon rebound where he got the rebound and it just looks fake. Like it looks like he jumped off a trampoline and when you watch it, it, it's odd. Uh, And actually, if you look it up on YouTube, I think the only way you can get it is like there's a Croatian broadcast. So a little bit of a a little bit of an extra, extra juice there. Uh, This is fantastic. Catherine, You're keeping what's up? that video alive, Freddie. I am. I'm like that video to me is like a volleyball, you know. And I'm just trying to just trying to keep that video, just like you know, it's it's on the surface of like not existing in in the YouTube wastelands, and it, you know it deserves to be recognized. Uh, shout out Jamario Moon. Um, what's up, Catherine? Who's your yeah? What's your play? And uh, what's your call? Okay, well, I like I, I think that the John Morant block is the play of the of the year of the season. Yes. Like, like it's just it's really great. Um, but I'll do this Russell Westbrook dunk. Why not? Nice. Um, we're here, and mm-hmm. uh, my call would be. He actually made it in. <laughs> Russ, he dunked it. He dunked it in. <laughs> okay, that's amazing. That sounds it's like a most, little kid. Yeah, passive aggressive call of your of your life. <laughs> hey, a, a passive aggressive call is 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 always welcome. Sam, Samson, did you have something? Oh, no, no, I'm good. That was funny. Oh, okay. That was really um, funny. I thought you were just wanting to join in there. A hundred percent. I was going to go, like, I would love to see the, this isn't from this season, but I would love to see the OG 
three-pointer like dramatized in a way that like you know a royal rumble can can be dramatized like you got the the wrestling crew you know jerry jerry the king lawler jr and just like with them pulling out taco fall like i'm just i'm into some like my god he's too big and then it's like <laughs> then it's like oh what's what are we gonna do and then you know you, you he gets to og <laughs> and it's like my god he's got the brass knucks or i mean you know he doesn't have brass knuckles but <laughs> whatever <laughs> there's a wrestling vibe to that uh another one a little bit of a uh, a sad moment perhaps for Raptors fans, but I would just like classic Simpsons uh, episode when they're throwing the pretzels, like it's, it's a dark day for baseball. I want that same line for when uh, Booker forced the Raptor to move and they zoom up on the Raptor. <laughs> I just want to hear Devlin say it's a dark day for basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just meet the moment at the summit. Like, good good block and just call that so a heavy. sad moment <laughs> what's the uh what's your guys's policy on cursing on this podcast let them fly yeah let okay fly. so maybe the best call of all time comes from a dude like in toronto not from an actual broadcast but it's that very famous video of when rudy gay hit the game winner against the raptors yes. and it's a guy just not this guy not this fucking guy <laughs> no, no. you're hearing a fan lose his mind while he's by the way perfectly videoing Rudy Gay as he's about to beat his team and just screaming, not this fucking guy. That's incredible. Yeah, that's a huge moment. Shout out to the, uh, I think it went viral recently, the Philly fan that traveled to see the Kawhi shot in Toronto. That was a nice little (laughs) filmed moment. Oh, that Um, was incredible. I loved watching that video. But check out As they say, lives rent free in my mind. Oh, yeah. That That was great. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's, uh, finish this off with the last question. Let's go to you, Samson. And, um, where was my question here? Here we go. Uh, yeah, just kind of a classic, like, uh, other favorite team at the moment style question. Who's your league pass team? Who are you watching when you're not watching the Raptors? I think the Wolves are a really, really fun team. They have a bunch of weirdos on their team as well, like Jared Vanderbilt and Jane McDaniels. Neither of them can shoot or do hardly anything on offense, but they both have go-go gadget arms that help their team play really, really good defense. D'Angelo Russell, after toiling away as you know a really bad defender for so many years, is a positive on that end, finally. That's super strange. And so the fact that he's shooting like 39% from the field doesn't bother anybody because like he's playing defense now. It's okay. He, he can do whatever he wants on offense. Nobody cares. Yeah. And D'Lo, as a fellow lefty, he's in the leftorium where I reside. So I have to support. And uh, yeah, so they have a, a really fun and dynamic uh, defensive scheme that I just really enjoy watching. They get a ton of blocks. They get a ton of steals. And it is because they have really long athletes and they have Carl Anthony Towns at the middle of it. And then offensively, you're looking at, you know, I think Dirk even had said that Carl Anthony Towns is a better shooter than he is. Like Carl Anthony mm-hmm. Towns, by the end of his career, will no doubt have the overwhelming statistical resume as the best shooting big man of all time. He can also dunk like hell. You have DeAndre Russell, who's one of the slickest passers in the NBA. And then you have the, you know, Ant-Man could detonate at any point in time. And Ant-Man is also the coolest player in the NBA. If you've seen a single solitary interview of this dude, he is the coolest dude in the NBA without a, without a, there's no, there's no competition. So that, that collection of all those things makes it per 
you know, pretty interesting. And Malik Beasley is a dramatic fellow himself. You know, with Larsa Pippen, he got into some off-court stuff. So if you're looking for the, you know, reality show aspect of the NBA, you know, uh, Malik Beasley will give you that end of it too. So they're uh, all together a very interesting and fun team. Hell yeah. Uh, T-Wolves. Uh, I wasn't expecting a T-Wolves shout out, but that's a perfect answer for this question. Like, you know, often a team is it's just kind of quietly being exciting and fun before they become, uh, you know, a Grizzlies or a Suns. So uh, it's it's like a deep joy as a basketball fan, I think, discovering one of those teams like before they really start to kind of pop. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the T-Wolves this year. Um, I haven't watched too much of them, to be honest, but uh, I've, I've always rooted for, for Towns and uh, I, I'm, I'm excited for them. Um, and, you know, shout out Chris Finch, uh, you know, <laughs> had a cup of coffee with the Raptors. Who's your, uh, um, oh wait, you know what? Actually, I'm going to reserve that for my answer. Okay, sorry. Just a little uh, in, inside my head stuff going on. Don't worry about it, everybody. Uh, Catherine, who's your team? <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, it's the Memphis Grizzlies. They are so exciting. I'm a believer. I fully bought in. Um, I don't predict things very well, but I did predict that John Morant would have a breakout year this year. And I was very happy to be right about that. Um, they just feel like I can't miss a game. Like they're just, I don't know. I don't want to say they're just really awesome. They're really entertaining. They're awesome. They're really young, but I believe their ceiling's really high. Um, you know, they don't have a lot of playoff experience. They have some play in playoff experience. Um, you know, I I just I've decided I've bought in. I've bought in. I'm a believer. They've got Mississauga's own Dylan Brooks. Mm-hmm. I'm just he's the most annoying human being in the world. And I'm on board. I'm on board. I never said I had good taste in men. Doesn't matter. I'm just I'm on board. <laughs> I just love that team. I just love that team. <laughs> hey. I am pro annoying the other team uh, at all times. Like <laughs> yeah. even, even when someone's kind of a, like a dick to, to Raptors, I sort of have a little bit of respect for them. Like, I, I don't know how I feel about uh, Martin really? uh, push, pushing uh, Scotty in the back sort of thing. But I, I just, I do like, I, I do like over the top competitive behavior, um, you know, as long as it's not like toxic. But didn't and, you find what's his name? Oh my God, on Boston, just like the most annoying person. Smart. Yeah, Marcus yes, Smart. Wasn't he just like literally the worst though? Smart is generational. He feels yeah. like a you know a transplant of the Kyle Lowry um, book of basketball. Kyle Lowry tried to crawl through George Hill's legs. You know yes. what I mean? Like yeah. you know, once you have a guy, you cheer yeah. But there's a big that. difference, Kyle. <laughs> Kyle gets charges during an all-star game. Okay. Like he's on a different level. Kyle's ridiculous, but I, I, Kyle made me appreciate, you know, the, the, the smarts and the, you know, the, like yeah, the, Oh, why am I blanking out? Um, guy, you were just talking about the Grizzlies, Canadian Brooks, uh, yeah, the, the, yeah. the Brooks is of the world. And, and, you know, just to jump on your, your Memphis point, like JJJ is incredible. Yes. I'm glad that, you know, the path is cleared for him. Uh, with I guess with the JV trade, perhaps uh, even though Adams is still there, and you know Bain is incredible, uh, and um, yeah, it's just a really really exciting team. My team is actually the Hornets, and it's kind of because of Lamelo, but it's it's really because of this announcer. And uh, he, I keep I, hearing I, about this guy. I have a league pass, so I always do like the nine minute highlights. 
And the guy goes berserk. Uh, there's no other way to say it. Like anytime Terry Rozier does anything, he just goes nuts. Um, like a Terry fadeaway. He'll be like, Oh my God. Like, and, and but no, in a, in a more complimentary way than the, than the, do you think Jack thing. Armstrong's jealous that, that no, this I guy's think catching on Jack's doing his own thing. Jack's very much just like, listen, at a pivotal point in the game, I'll talk about spaghetti. Come at me. <laughs> Jack is at the point in his career where he's really just trying to get those cameo numbers up. I feel like he's he's got carte blanche. He does what he wants. Jack's a treasure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. I think, uh, I think we've made it to the end of the pod though. Um, Thank you both. Thank you, Samson. Thank you, Catherine. Uh, Thanks for everyone who's been, you know, listening and sharing and kind of helping the podcast out, especially recently. We really, really do appreciate it. Let me go to, uh, let me go to you first, Catherine. You know, what, what's, uh, what's new? What do you want to tell people about? Um, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, uh, my MBA pod, the Buckets and Tea NBA show, now available on Raptors Republic. Uh, hey. Very cool. So check it out there. And uh, Freddie and I do our WNBA pod, the pickup. We are covering the off-season storylines. Uh, we did an episode this week, and uh, it's really fun. And uh, we bitch about Becky Hammond and a lot of WNBA stuff. Anyway, uh, that's cool, too. And uh, social media, I'm at it's me underscore Catherine, spelled C-A-T-H-R-Y-N. Not a lot of comedy stuff happening right now because we're all in lockdown, but hopefully uh, we'll get through this and we'll be back to doing live shows again. Yeah. And everybody watch Son of a Critch. Oh, yes. You can watch Son of a Critch. I wrote on the show. I particularly wrote episode 11, so that won't be out for a while. Okay. But, only watch uh, episode 11. Okay, only people? watch episode 11. No, no, no. I contributed to all of them, but episode 11 will say written by me. So anyway, that's a whole thing. And yeah, CBC Tuesdays, uh, 8.30. Check it out. Cool. Um, Samson, what's up? What do you want? What do you want to let people know? Uh, just to be kind to one another sure. always 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 look for the best joke available you know what i mean like there's yeah. we like the jay-z you know have dinner with jay-z or have five hundred thousand dollars that the, that joke we already hit the peak we don't have to talk about it anymore it's beyonce is so rich because she has dinner with jay-z every night that's the joke it's done yes. we drop it I just want people to look for the best joke available at any point in time. <laughs> Try and stretch your brain uh-huh. to its to its limits. Look for the best joke. We need more best j- jokes. And uh, maybe you'll find one on episode 11 of Son of a Critch. Tune in. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. The segue. Huge. Um, I, I'm really into this uh, finding the best joke. Um, listen, dads of the world. I hope you're listening. You can't just <laughs> say the first thing that comes to your mind and look at your kid and be like, that's a joke. Cause your kid will look back and be like, dad, no, it's not. You know what I mean? The amount um, of online dating profiles from men that say they've got dad jokes is infuriating. <laughs> Cause I want you to have better jokes than that. That's you right. know what I mean? <laughs> dating men of the, the world. Maybe I'm the only one, but no, not at all. I was just going to advise men, the dating men of the world to say, I have the best joke. Yeah. Have the so best, have the best up. joke. That's intriguing. That's intriguing. Cause to me, it's like, Oh, I have dad jokes. It's like, you're just trying to be like, ah, I'm fun, but safe. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, <it's> just, <laughs> yeah. Not that that's a bad thing to portray. It's just, everyone does it. You know, I'm fun. I'm safe. I have a bad back. 
Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I think uh, enough riffing on the poor dads of the world. Uh, but uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go decompress this Kyle news. <laughs> yeah, check check out. Yeah, go do some Kyle sleuthing. Uh, I, I'll love him no matter what. But um, again, thanks for everyone who listens. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, Samson, Catherine, um, you guys are awesome. Uh, appreciate you doing the pod. And uh, yeah, if you're listening, make sure you check out, read their work, and uh, and follow them online. Uh, thanks again. And Maddie, if you feel like we're good to go, please just give me those deliciously tasty words. Okay. Okay. okay.